0: Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss a special group in ancient China: scholars who chose to live in seclusion. A man washes his ears by a stream while another man leading an ox passes by this bucolic scene becomes much more significant with a little bit of background it comes from a Chinese story more than 4,000 years old and it's the first image you see at the Palace Museum's exhibition The Elegant Retreat figure paintings from across the ages the man washing his ears is Xu Yu, He was known as a man of integrity in his time. Yao, a legendary emperor, wanted Xu to take the throne instead of his own son, Dan Zhu, but Xu refused, saying he preferred a life of farming. He lived as a hermit in the remote Ji mountains by the Ying River in Henan province. Emperor Yao then offered him the position of leading the nine provinces that comprised his kingdom at the time, kind of like a chancellor or CEO. How could Xu accept the position of CEO after refusing the throne? He became annoyed by the repeated offers, so annoyed that he felt his ears were polluted by hearing those offers and went to the Ying River to wash them out. While Xu You was washing, his friend Chao Fu walked by with his ox. He asked Xu why he was doing that. After she told him the reason, Chao Fu said, if you truly had always lived in the mountains and had no connection with the world, who would have even known you exist? You are so widely known because you have been seeking fame all along. Now your years have polluted the river. I won't let my ox drink from here, said Chao Fu, leading his ox upstream to drink. Xu Yu and Fu represent an ideal among ancient Chinese scholars, pursuing a seclusive simple life, normally in mountains or villages, to keep their soul untainted by worldly pleasures and troubles, particularly politics. The Yun River where Xu washed his ears became a symbol of reclusive life. This painting was the last masterpiece of Ren Bo Nian, a prestigious artist from the late 19th century. At the Palace Museum exhibition, a total of 76 paintings include portraits of the most famous hermit scholars in China's history. It is the second in a series of four ancient portrait exhibitions by the Palace Museum. Unlike this group of hermits, the other three exhibitions feature figures who either actively sought to make their name in the world, or tried to enjoy life. Held in May, the first exhibition included people such as Confucius, the Second Tang Dynasty Emperor Li Shimin, and Feng Yuan, a woman known for her courage, whom we talked about in our previous podcast. In ancient times, these paintings were used to educate members of royal and noble families. The third and fourth portrait exhibitions will be held in 2022. They will focus on the daily lives of aristocratic women and ordinary people. While paintings of religious figures were similarly used in the West to educate people, there is no such genre of art that focuses on hermit scholars known for their integrity, talent, and sometimes peculiar lifestyle. More than 1,000 years after Xiu's Yu's time, two princes did something similar. There was a small kingdom called Guzhu in modern-day Hebei province, a vassal state of the Shang dynasty. Its king named his youngest son Shu Qi as heir. But Shu Qi refused to take the throne after his father died because he believed the crown should go to his eldest brother, Bo Yi. Bu Yi ran away because he hoped to fulfill his father's wishes and let his younger brother Shu Qi take the throne. Shu Qi found his brother and insisted on staying with him. They both abdicated. When they heard that the Kingdom of Zhou, another vassal of the Shang dynasty, was about to attack the Shang, they stopped the Zhou leader's horse and tried to persuade the Zhou leader, King Wu of the Zhou, not to rebel. They said it was wrong for a vassal to rebel against its sovereign. After King Wu's army defeated the Shang and ruled the country, the two brothers refused to eat grain that grew on Zhou land. They went to Shouyang Mountain in today's Luoyang, Henan province, and lived on wild plants. They soon starved to death. Today, we may consider their stubborn loyalty as foolish. The last Shang ruler, Xin, was very cruel. The Zhou rebelling ultimately saved lives, and the Zhou founded a thriving culture that became the core of the Chinese civilization, but Bo Yi and Shu Qi symbolized integrity in ancient China. Both Confucius and Mencius praised them. In the early 12th century, Song dynasty artist Li Tang created a painting which showed Boi and Shu Qi picking plants in the mountain. The two brothers are seated on the ground and chatting next to a basket and a hole. When Li Tang painted this, he, along with millions of people, had been fleeing for refuge for several years. He was serving a court artist when the Jin Kingdom of today's northeastern China captured the Song capital of Kaifeng and took its last two emperors hostage. The last emperor of the northern Song, Qin Zong, was captured by the Jin while he was negotiating the conditions of his dynasty's surrender in the Jin army's camp. Zhao Gou, the emperor's brother, set up a new Song regime known as the Southern Song. It was first based in what is now Henan province, but later was driven south by the Jin army. It finally settled in Hangzhou. The southern Song was probably the richest dynasty in China's history thanks to its booming commerce and maritime trade. But it was plagued by Jin invasions in its early years and then fell to the Mongol army. Li Tang also moved to Hangzhou. He had to sell his paintings to survive. He then served as a court artist again after the Song's Royal Art Academy was rebuilt. This painting showed how he was saddened and enraged by the humiliating surrender and captivity of royal members and officials of the Northern Song, which led to the death and displacement of millions of people. From these stories of Xu You, Chao Fu, and Bo Yi, Shu Qi brothers, we can see that a hermit scholar was not just a man who chose to live in seclusion. In Chinese. They are called yin shi. Yin means in seclusion while shi refers to a gentleman who is well educated and holds high moral standards. In a broader sense, a shi is someone who is admired for qualities such as knowledge, pride, integrity, courage, or willingness of serving his country at any cost. In a narrow sense, it refers to intellectuals. Even today, the word shi is used for college degree, a bachelor's degree is xue shi, a master's degree is shuo shi, and a doctorate is bō But the definition of shi changed over time. Shi originally was the lowest level of the aristocratic class that had access to government-monopolized education. So this was a well-educated group. During the hundreds of years of competition for supremacy among regional powers before the founding of the Qin, China's first dynasty, some Shi became political advisors to help give their host kingdoms a competitive edge. Some of them, such as Confucius, developed and promoted his philosophy in different kingdoms. During the Han dynasty, Shi mainly referred to the class of intellectuals who held the nearly exclusive authority of interpreting Confucian theory, a good reputation in terms of knowledge or ethics brought fame, promising a political career and wealth. Shi became a semi-independent class which had significant political and cultural influence. Since the end of the Han in the early 3rd century, approval from the top ruling class was the crucial to becoming a member of the Shi class, and Shi families with political power built a network through marriages and monopolized the political and cultural power. They cooperated, competed with, and were controlled by the sovereign power. All this means that Shi were increasingly connected to and relied on politics. As a result, unlike Xu Yu and the Bo Yi Shuqi brothers, After the Han Dynasty, living in seclusion was not a choice for many hermit scholars in their young ages. We will talk about them in our next podcast. That is end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Song Yimin, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor JT. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.